Hello, my fans, friends. Welcome to the Rich Terring podcast feed, powered by ACAS Plus. Thanks to everyone who's come to see the Can I Have My Ball Back tour so far. It's been going really well. I've got a four-star review in The Standard, four-star review in The Telegraph, who once called me the worst comedy experience of the year, so that's a turnaround. Uh, people have been coming, people have really been enjoying it, and it's getting better and better. The only gigs this week are both in Pocklington, the town I was born in, near York. Uh, there's a couple of tickets left for the evening show and a few more tickets left for the matinee, I think about 4.30. But love to see you there, Yorkshire. Pop along, check richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour or richardherring.com slash gigs to see if I'm coming near to you. There are tickets left for nearly every show in the tour. I think Norwich has sold out. Uh, and a couple of gigs in London could do with your support as well. Anyway, please listen to the podcast. Do spread the news about the podcast to your friends. Listen as much as you can. Numbers are slightly down, which may affect the future of this podcast. So just leave it playing, even if you're not in the room. Love you. <laughs> now sit back, relax, and enjoy whatever it is you're going to listen to. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Attention, idiots! You are about to listen to the new series of Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast with me, Richard Herring. But you don't have to listen to it. This series, you can also watch the video for free. Uh, you can watch it on iTunes, search for Richard Herring Video Leicester Square Theatre Podcast. They had to put the video there to differentiate it from this one. Rehava Lestapa, if you want to be uh, pedantic about it. Or it's going to be on YouTube and Vimeo for free. Uh, or you can just listen to it uh, in the usual fashion through your ears for no money as well. Uh, this will be the last time we could do this. It's costing us a lot of money. So if you want to help us out, head to gofasterstripe.com slash badges and make a one-off or monthly donation. That would really help us. Or just buy one of my DVDs from Go Faster Stripe. Or come and see me on tour. Go to richtherring.com slash gigs for the details of where I'm coming on tour. But that's all by the by. You're not going to give any money, are you? Because you're an idiot. So here is this, this week's Rich Herring's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast. I'm very excited. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. This is Robot Voice. Please welcome Richard Herring. Thank you very much. Lovely to be here. Welcome. Welcome to uh, the new... I don't even know what series this is. I should have looked it up. Five? I don't know. Six? It's, we've done loads of them. Of Richard Herring's Letter Square Theatre Podcast, or as all the cool kids are calling it, Rahelastapa. Although if you're watching the video version on iTunes, it's called, just to differentiate it, it's called Richard Herring's Video Leicester Square Theatre Podcast, so that is Rahelastapa. Yeah, not, not sure about that as an idea here. They don't like change here in the... The Leicester Square Theatre. Uh, I am uh, not very well. I've got. Uh, I managed to work very hard all year and not get ill. Didn't get ill in Edinburgh, uh, and uh, I didn't get ill on holiday, which usually happens. But I've just got a little bit of a cold or something. Just uh, as we come start doing this, uh, so if I fall asleep or collapse, I didn't really sleep last night. Uh, I uh, so everything is already feeling a bit trippy to me. I've had quite a few lem sips. That's. Sometimes I do that when I don't even need to have the lemsips, but uh, just for the kick, you know, I'm this, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, so uh, it, might, uh, it might get a bit surreal, I might fall asleep. Uh, I was up uh, very early in the morning uh, watching a video, video on the internet about a conspiracy theory that someone still believes that Paul McCartney is not the real Paul McCartney. The Paul Ma- <laughs> People still believe that Paul McCartney died in 1966. 
and that was replaced by a false Paul McCartney, which, I mean, have all the conspiracy theories. That would be so difficult to have arranged. In the t- I mean, that, it'd be so impressive if they'd done that, that, oh, no, Paul McCartney's died in a car accident. Well, quickly, let's hush this up, make sure no-one knows about it, hide the body, just throw Paul McCartney's body in a well or something. We'll get a bloke who looks a bit like Paul McCartney to come in, just hope he can write his songs and sing. We'll do a bit of plastic surgery on him, it'll be fine. It's, it's, they're genuinely, it's quite a... Uh, I think it probably is a, a different bloke. Uh, so... <laughs> How did the bloke, the bloke who replaced Paul McCartney, who was his look, it's meant to be like a lookalike, who'd won a lookalike competition, did no one go, what happened to that bloke who, who what happened to him? He just, dis- he just disappeared, our, our friend. He looks a bit like Paul McCartney, didn't he? Yeah. He looks a bit like Paul McCartney. Uh, so uh, anyway, look, I, um, I've just been away uh, in, in Wales at the Larn Festival in Wales over the weekend, which was fun. But uh, weirdly for me, uh, one of the other acts on at the festival, it was a very small town and hardly any uh, other acts. One of the acts was Keith Allen, my actual <laughs> my nemesis. I was kind of terrified. Everyone was staying in the same tiny little hotel, so I kind of thought I'm bound to run into him. And he probably won't know who I am. He won't remember me. He kind of sabotaged my show when I was a student and uh, wrecked my life. Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> But, uh, but I kind of thought, maybe, well, maybe I should, if I see him, I'll, I'll ask him to be a guest on this. But I didn't see him. But it would be worth it uh, just to ask him, what would it take for you to suck your own cock? Uh, which I, but that would be the only thing that made it worthwhile, which would be a great crossover uh, for you all. But uh, stay, someone who was at the hotel was um, Kevin Rowland. That's what you have to call him, Kevin Rowland. <laughs> like, like, so that's a joke that only... That I'm looking at some young faces... A, most like there's some young people here, and uh, they're, A, they're going, who's Kevin Rowland? Like that, that kid there, look, he's like, and why are you saying Rowland in that stupid way? It's too much to explain to you. I have to start, for you, I have to start right from the beginning and explain who Kevin Rowland is and then why I'm saying Kevin Rowland. <laughs> uh, but uh, it was very interesting uh, to, I shared a cab with him, and. Um, he, he, he was in a band called Dex's Midnight Runners. He's now in a, a band called Dex's. Uh, it's very different stuff. It is actually very different. Uh, but uh, I, was, I was shared a car with him from the station uh, to, uh, to the hotel. And I was just kind of terrified that I would just start singing a bit of Come On Eileen. Just uh, absentmindedly or Gino or J- Jockey Wilson says, as I call it. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I just thought, and then I thought, have I done it? Did I just sing it? <laughs> and I used to, when I was a kid, I used to be able to play the bit from Gino on the trumpet. I should have thanked him, but I was too scared to talk to him. And I, I, was, I sat near him at breakfast as well. I, was too, I should have asked him on this, shouldn't I? No, because you wouldn't have come, because who's Kevin Rowland? When, I, when, we, when we checked in, the woman, the, I went and said, I'm Richard Haynes, and I got in the game. Back in. Then she said, and what's your name to Kevin Rowland? He said, it's Kevin Rowland. I thought, that's show business, isn't it? Uh, so... <laughs> It was just 30 years ago. Everyone would know. Uh, and, um, oh, and the big news uh, story uh, as we uh, record this, maybe not as you're listening to it or watching it, uh, is uh, Conservatives uh, in crisis. Uh, but, but the Mark Reckless uh, uh, and uh, Brooke Newmark, are there, who both sound like they've been named by William Thackeray as kind of... <laughs> Pathetic names, satirical names you would give her. Mark Reckless has gone uh, to UKIP from the Conservatives. Same thing, innit? Don't make any difference. Uh, and uh, <laughs> Brooke Newmark has uh, sent a picture of his uh, penis, his erect penis. And he's quite an old man. I'm quite impressed he could even do that. I get an erection enough, long enough to take a photo of it. Uh, and uh, he sent that to a person he thought was an attractive woman, but it turned out it wasn't an attractive woman. It was a horrible journalist man. Uh, but, uh, and I bet that journalist man was punching the air, wasn't he, when he got the, the front page of the Sunday Mirror for that. But the downside of that, to get that front page, he did have to look at a picture of Brooke Newmark's erect penis, which I would... Every time he blinks, that's on his retinas now, that every time he closes his eyes for the rest of his... Ah! But I think Brooke Newmark, actually, just his... If you've seen a photo of him, he just his face and head just looks quite like a penis anyway. And I, I wonder if maybe it was just a picture of his actual face that had been sent through. He looks... I said on Twitter that he could play... Again, you won't get understand. You're going to be lost today. Uh, he, he's going to play the lead in the live-action version of the Wicked Willy uh, film. But then, but then I looked at a picture of Mark Reckless, who looks more like a penis. Seriously, he looks a lot more like a penis than, uh, than Brooke Newmark. He's kind of... If he, he looks like he could be a six-foot-high... He's got no neck. It's just like a bald head. I think he could be uh, just a six-foot-tall penis wearing kind of false shoulders on a suit. 
I think David Icke was right about nearly everything. It's not lizards, though. It's just giant penises. It's... Again, it's like something written by the unimagined mind of William Makepeace, Makepeace Thackeray. That's before your time, right? That's before everyone's time. Don't worry, no one who knows who William Thackeray is. Um, he's our most great, 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 great granddad. Uh, as it happens. Uh, so look, we're going to crack straight on. That was, my, uh, that was my topical eye there, looking at... <laughs> Very enjoyable. We'll uh, maybe, maybe come to the audience and for next week's show. Uh, so... <laughs> You're not as good as next week's audience, just uh, to tell you that right now. So, look, uh, we're going to welcome our very first guest uh, to the show. I've been trying to get her on for a long time. Finally, she's a very, very busy uh, woman. You will... She's best known, I suppose, uh, as uh, the saleswoman in Don't Buy It. Doesn't sound like a great uh, advert to me. That, that's... Uh, she was also the tourist woman in Count Arthur Strong's TV series. She's very good at playing anything with a woman, and if it's a woman... <laughs> She can be very versatile. She could do saleswoman or a tourist woman. I don't know if she could do a, a, a tourist saleswoman, like a saleswoman who's on holiday. We'll find out. Will you please welcome my first guest, Catherine Ryan, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Lovely. Thank you. Come in. Sit down. Lovely. We're both drinking... Uh, we both drink Barocca. That's what we do. Oh, That's no. Weird. No, mine's piss. I just... <laughs> Is that a good colour? I don't know. If that is piss, then that is only piss after you've drunk some Barocca. Ah. So, there, so therefore, you do still drink Barocca. I am like Columbo. Uh, so, well, before we start, let's get this out of the way, because everyone probably talks about this to you. What was it like being the saleswoman in Don't Buy It? It was important. Okay. Um, because that was actually um, a viral charity thing that they played on the big screens at Glastonbury, oh. and it was a pastiche of a shopping channel show buying nuclear weapons. Wow. So it was saying, oh, it it could wipe out the whole of Bedfordshire, and it could do this, and it could do that, and it'll only cost your government a billion dollars. And it was uh, kind of a tongue-in-cheek thing about war, so you're kind of an asshole now. Yeah, I I do feel stupid. (laughs) Nuclear bombs could do a lot more than just wipe out Bedfordshire, though. That is not that. Oh, fuck, it could wipe out Bedfordshire. (sighs) And everywhere else. It's not just... Oh, so I don't live in Bedfordshire, it's fine. That's what I'd have said if I'd been at Glastonbury. Well, so yeah. it wouldn't have worked. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was interesting. I mean, uh, James Redmond, do you know James Redmond? I do, yeah, from, he, uh, from off of Hollyoaks. Uh, yes, and Casualty and much more. No, Hollyoaks. <laughs> just, just Hollyoaks. He asked me from to do that. From proper good old Hollyoaks when it was good. Remember, you remember, Dave, right? Do you know, I don't move quickly very often. Yeah. But what's the one where it goes do 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 I leap for the remote and change the channel. East Enders. Ah, I can't. I don't know what you guys are doing with the soaps and why they're still on. <laughs> I, it's nostalgia, I guess, and you remember liking shit, and so you keep. I don't know. I can't. I can't even allow it to be on in the house in case I'm part of some rating system, <laughs> and I'm giving it a point. What happened with James Redmond, though? I interrupted you rudely. <laughs> As I oh, he do. was involved with this anti-nuclear oh, okay. war charity and oh, asked me to do it. And he's a proper actor. I am a terrible actress. Yeah. But people keep putting me in things um, like Count Arthur Strong, yeah. which is lovely being the tourist woman. I got to see some of London. You had an advantage, though, in that you talk I... like a tourist woman already <laughs> in your natural life. Yes. Even though you live here, you sound like you could have come from somewhere else. I know. If I was being, a, if I was a tourist woman, a, I'd have to go. Hello, I'm a woman. Yeah. Like that, so that would make it harder for me. Yeah. Ooh, I'd do that, and then I'd have That's to go. What we do. Then I have to go. I'm from abroad. Yes. <laughs> so you know, I did it, but I did it really well. And probably if the people had seen me do that, you wouldn't have got that part. I but, thought it was um, good. I thought it was great. I mean, I, I've realized that what a lot of actors do is they just play themselves anyway. Yeah. They really do. That's cheating. <laughs> and so it's been, I always play myself when I do things. Yes. Yeah. And it's been working out okay. But I can't in my real life, now that I do a little bit of telly and I do more stand-up comedy, I used to play the tourist thing all the time mm. when I didn't. But, you know, beep in for a journey with my Oyster card. Or I, I would always be like, I'm not from around here. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. And now sometimes people are like, yes, you are. You've lived here for eight years. Like, they know sometimes. Yeah, I saw you on Mock the Week. That's what they say. Yeah. So. But I just flew in to do that. Because y'all didn't have enough women. I don't know. Yeah. 
it's mainly because it's just you're the only one they have on. If they, you're on it all the time, if they had other women, it wouldn't be as bad. Well, this year they absolutely have other okay, women. Good, that's all right. I don't watch it. <laughs> they, uh, if you work on your woman act, yeah, they well, might I could do. That's own. what I thought, you know. But the thing is, the most successful woman uh, in TV comedy is already a man, isn't it? It's Mrs. Brown. Oh, yeah. So it's pretty bad when it's so bad for women that the most famous woman on TV isn't even a woman. That they get a man to dress up. I could do that. I danced uh, uh, for Comic Relief on yes. a show that I've always loved, Let's Dance for Comic Relief. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and the winners of that were always men dressed as women. Robert <laughs> Webb did flash dance as a woman. Sorry. Rufus Hound did Fight for This Love as a woman. Yeah. Man, women are cool. <laughs> it's just easy being a man comedian because all you have to do is dress up yeah, as a woman. Yeah. But if a woman dresses up as a woman, people don't like that. As they go, well, that's where's the skill in that? They're just dressing. <laughs> they're just dressing up in their regular clothes. Yeah. Robert Webb, I probably, he probably does wear that stuff. Definitely, <laughs> Rufus Hound definitely wears that stuff it all good. the time. Mm. So you come from a place called Canada. You know it. Yeah. Have you ever seen a Bigfoot while you've been in, uh, while you've been in Canada? No, no, I have seen bears. It's not as good. I mean, it's, it's quite good. Yeah. I mean... They're quite dangerous, but the bears and stuff, aren't they? Absolutely not cuddly no. creatures. No. People don't know. Do you know, bears aren't all around Canada. Um, it's amazing, because England is far enough from Canada, but it's our neighbours, the Americans, who know so little about us. And the misconceptions that come from that way are crazy. I live on a border town. I live very, very near to Detroit. <laughs> so the part of Canada that I'm from is like eight mile. It's not nice. But uh, because I'm so, so, so near, a lot of people in high school worked at the border. And people would come across from Michigan to holiday in Canada. It would be the middle of the summer. And they'd come with skis and, and snow. <laughs> Genuinely. And the border kids would be like, where are you going? Just, just over there. Just <laughs> like, I'm going to go around there and have a glass of water. And then what we're going to do is we're going to go skiing and play in the snow with the kids. And they'd be like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, it's three minutes away. Three minutes away. So we don't have bears. We're a regular It's town. quite cool. They were going on holiday to Canada and just going to the bit that was just over the border as well. It's going, we're going to Canada. Not too far, though. It's insane. You wouldn't yeah. believe how... I mean, you might believe how stupid people are. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. I believe how stupid American people are. I can believe that. Because we then, see them on TV a lot, right? So we know. They'd want to see the bears yeah. and the uh, Mounties and the Rangers would have to warn them not to do what they kept doing. Separate families. People, they would send their children out of the car yeah. where the bears were. <laughs> Paint their hands in honey. <laughs> and try to have baby bears lick it off for a photo. <laughs> They'd be like, that'll be adorable. That'll be gorgeous. And then that's fine. Like, the baby bears indeed would lick it off. And then the mother bear would arrive on the scene and eat their children. <laughs> that could be the way that Canada conquers America, though. It's just... <laughs> Let them yeah. come over free, give them a pot of honey. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Then just waltz in. That's natural selection. I don't it, even mind when that happens. <laughs> so you're from Sarnia. Sarnia. Yeah. Yeah, like Narnia. It is like Narnia, a little bit, but it begins with an S. Fewer lions, more rednecks. Yeah. So, because uh, I saw one of your shows a few years ago, the first time I saw you, and you were talking about... You'd, your your mum had... Uh, mm. Your mum had featured in the, in the show, in fact. You liked that show. I loved that show. That was so kind. People didn't just dislike that show. People were aggressively angry. Uh, people were horrified with that show. They were furious about how much they hated it. <laughs> <laughs> was that the little misconception? Yeah, little misconception. People hated that show. I've never seen people more cross than coming out of that show. <laughs> it wasn't controversial. They just, what I did was, for my first Edinburgh show, my thought process was, why would anyone want to watch anything for an hour? <laughs> Especially me. Why would they want to watch me? I didn't get it. And uh, people do their Edinburgh hour, I think, maybe too soon. Yeah. And uh, perhaps I was doing mine too soon, but I thought, what I'll do is, I'll make it a musical, <laughs> and there'll be all these songs that I'll write. And I'll do some stand-up, and I'll talk about my childhood, and then my, I'll put my mom in the show, of course, and she'll fly down. She'll help me look after the baby, and she'll be in the show. And you liked that show. 
For what reason? Was it just me that liked it? So, well, yeah, it was just... I, just you. I thought it was very enjoyable. It had a massive payoff of your mum coming... Actually, it was all about um, being brought up as a, in beauty pageants and stuff. Yeah. Which is very interesting, I thought, as no a subject. And then at the end, the surprise was your... Spoiler alert. She's probably not going to do it again. No. Was your mum actually came on and you did a dance and stuff. At yeah, the end. we did a brilliant. dance. It was good. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. It was fantastic. Uh, the po- I mean, you'd think people would. The poster for that one was kind of quite extreme because that was you, the poster was you dressed up as if you were in a beauty pageant, but you were about six months pregnant. Yeah, it? yeah. Well, so wearing a so that was and crying with all mascara down your face. Yeah. So you think anyone thought I'll go and see that would be ready for pretty much anything? <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps they were just disappointed that there was no sort of crying. Semi-naked pregnant woman. Maybe you're getting a very special, specialist kind of audience. Maybe that was it. <laughs> Might be. Well, I um, was pregnant, and I didn't want to do those pre- maternity photo shoots. Do you see these on Facebook and everything else where women have inexplicably just an oriental fan or just fabric <laughs> draped over them? Or the worst one, their, their partner's hands in the shape of a heart over their belly button. You've done these, haven't you? Uh, they're so awful. And I went home. That was my first mistake. And everyone, my mother and everyone else, said, oh, you've got to do one of these beautiful pregnant photo shoots I was like I absolutely will not do it and then I was with my my gays uh, some of the people that I first started out with in comedy one of whom Andrew Johnston not the young boy who once won X Factor or Britain's Got Talent um, but another I know he's not famous here Andrew's really worried he's coming to support me on my autumn tour and he's like are they going to think I'm the boy from Britain's Got Talent what happened to that kid he won before Susan Boyle he was adorable Andrew Johnston was his name. Anyway, my Andrew Johnston... That show business slip. If people don't remember Kevin Rowland, then they're fucked. Seriously, I mean... He even dresses up like a sort of dandy all the time yeah. to make think people remember. No one's going to remember Andrew Johnston, are they? Sounds like a politician, isn't there, an Andrew Johnston? He's saying, like, PAA Zoo or something. Right. But my gay community said, yeah. let's do... And they are horrified with pregnant women. I mean, that's not a, yeah. a look. They don't like it. It confuses um, them. Yeah, they hate it. That's one of the advantages of, uh, of gayness is that can't happen. Yeah. <laughs> However yeah. hard you try. <laughs> well, your mouth can't get pregnant, no. I always say. Um, <laughs> that was birth control lessons growing up. All the mums would say that to us in Sarnia. <laughs> um... Um, they said, kitten, they call me kitten, yep. kitten, let's do a photo shoot, but we'll do a cool one, and then you, your mom will be happy, and your family, and you'll be happy too. So I put on a bikini, and I did it like a pageant with flowers and a sash, and I was crying like mascara all down my face, just really gruesome, crying tears of joy, and on the sash it said, Miss Teen Pregnancy 2000. <laughs> and I thought it was cool, and then I thought it was so cool, I used it for the poster. But, I don't know. I was a bit mental then. <laughs> and have you, has the mentalness uh, subsided? No. No. Well, you, you would, if you seemed to be said yes, you wouldn't be, because you'd be mental, so it wouldn't be, you wouldn't be able to take your answer. <gasps> Do you know what happened that was horrible? I was doing a run-through for a comedy show. There are these new formats all the time for comedy shows, and they'll do a run-through in the office before they do the pilot, just for commissioners and whomever, for the people who don't know. I know that you know. I do know. And, yeah. And they had I've women... heard about them. <laughs> <laughs> People come back and say, I did one of these. Sounds good. Now, now. <laughs> they had a woman coming in who was going to analyze pictures. And I sat backstage with some other comedians. And we got to draw. And I was really excited. And she was going to analyze who was most likely to be a psychopath. <laughs> and I thought, oh, these guys. I can't wait to see. And I was really excited. Really, really looking forward to this cool analysis. I'm really into that stuff. And we went and we did all these jokes and all these different items. And then we got to the psychopath test and she went from least psycho to most. And as she went down the line, I realized it was just myself (laughs) and someone else left. And then it was me. And I was so unprepared for it to be me uh, that I started to cry. Yeah. (laughs) Which you you learned to do by observing other people crying. That's right. <laughs> and I ruined the whole thing. Oh, it wasn't no. funny anymore. I was really upset. I couldn't believe it because I'd been wondering whether I was a psycho. Yeah. 
that seems to... If a woman says, your photo looks like you are, then, you know, what more evidence could there be? It was so creepy. I'd done... I I drew a girl in a forest with some baby rabbits and things, and she said that I'd done really even numbers of roses and hearts, and the clouds were really even, and there there were even numbers of everything. She pointed out... I mean, the evidence was irrefutable. (laughs) (laughs) I was so hurt. So hard. <laughs> um, but no, the show, that show was about. So, you, as a child, you were put in beauty pageants by your mum. Yes. And it was sort of about cope, how coping with that and how. That, and see, that's what I liked about it, because I like to go and see shows that are about a life that I. I was never put in beauty pageants no. by my parents <laughs> for, for some reason. Uh, and, you know, compared to the other children in Somerset, I was very, very attractive. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> You would have won. Yeah. I mean, there are no boys. It's like the opposite of comedy. You would have cleaned up. <laughs> yeah. So mm-hmm. it, could, it could double up. I could have used the costume for my comedy. Uh, I'm in dress as a woman. So, uh, but yeah, so I mean, you, that's quite an unusual uh, mm-hmm. childhood. And then also you, would, you were worked at uh, Hooters. Yeah. Which uh, we won't talk about too much because everyone talks about it, But you kind of had, that's what I think I liked about it. It was just this kind of interesting life of, of coming through. And Hooters, I think, is ruder sounding uh, is less as is, isn't as root sanding as it sounds, right? It's not. It, not at all. Not. They've done this wonderful job of gaining a reputation all over the world. That some people think it's a strip club. Um, it's absolutely not. I was a corporate trainer for Hooters. Right. I was a waitress for a little while, and then I trained the girls because I had a really good rapport with the other staff, um, and they listened to me. And I really cared. I believe so much in doing your job well. Whatever that job is, it is not beneath you. Louis C.K., a fantastic community, has great material on this about a barista. But I really, I was a great waitress. I cared a lot, and I made a lot of money there for the restaurant and for myself, most importantly. Um, (laughs) And Hooters is just chicken and beer and sports on TV. Now, what they do, they do absolutely objectify women, uh, I didn't know that then. I They do it in this innocent kind of Britney Spears circa 2001 type of way. Like, I'm sexy. What? Like, you're mo- meant to act and look like a really clean cheerleader. Mm-hmm. And that is the archetype of... And, and I really grew up thinking that my mission in life, I was put on this earth to be a decoration. I didn't know. I really didn't. I thought the best thing you could be is pretty and sweet. And, attra- and I never was... I absolutely never was. I was alarmingly ginger for a while. <laughs> and then I would always say things that either offended people or upset them or just made them think I was weird. Then my teeth, uh, my jaw needed to be widened before I could have braces. So for my first day of high school, I uh, had a retainer put in that created a gap between my two front teeth that you could fit your finger through. That's a tiny, but put it up to your face. And it's large. And my fall jacket, my autumn coat, was from The Gap. And it's a gap across the back. (laughs) And it was just like, my mom wouldn't buy me a new one. I was never cool. I I was always weird. And that's why comedy has been such a, what's the word? Um, Sanctuary. A sanctuary. I'm in Hooters mode again. And what's the word? I don't know. I was just trying to hit on you then. Uh, yeah, such a sanctuary because that I don't have to be a cheerleader. I never yeah. was. I just thought. And so, what was it that made you decide to? I mean, was it just that? Was this? Was there some epiphany where you went, "I'm going to go"? Because you did comedy in Canada at first. I did. Yeah. Not a lot. I was presenting a little bit. I was dancing on this MTV. Well, it's not MTV. It's Much Music, which is a Canadian equivalent to MTV before we got MTV. Uh, just a show Friday night where you'd stand on a box like this and dance. And do you know who else danced on that show? Marcus Brigstock. <laughs> <laughs> he used to be a podium dancer. Yeah, he did. I just found that out. And he danced on the Canadian yeah. danced on the Canadian Yes, Electric Circus it was called. <laughs> he revealed this on Alan Davis Untitled, oh, yeah. as yet untitled. And I couldn't believe it. Like, what a weird now he did it like 30 or 40 years later than I did. I mean earlier. Um, no, no. no, he did it maybe, I don't know. 10 years before I did. But, so what a weird thing. And um, then presenting, you couldn't say anything uh, original. 
ever. As a presenter, you're, yeah. you're a vessel. You can't have any original thought. Or And I would say things that I thought were funny. I always valued comedy, and I wanted to say funny things, but I got in trouble all the time. I presented a show on Saturday mornings called Teens Dating. Right. And it was teens dating. <laughs> and we'd pick them up in a minivan. With their permission. <laughs> They were not of age to give any consent. (laughs) We just got like genuinely in a van and we just filmed them during a very awkward moment in a teenager's life. And I would jump in every once in a while to be like, what do you think of her, Chris? It was weird. (laughs) And we'd take them tanning and we'd take them for pizza and to fly a kite. And sometimes they would sneak liquor in the van and I'd have to take it away. It was weird. <laughs> and then, and I was so frustrated that I could never say what I wanted to say. I was always upsetting people all the time. And there was a comedy club next to the Hooters. Right. Um, and I just started doing amateur nights there, but I didn't tell anybody. It's not as though I invited all my friends and started calling myself a comedian. I just did it as an outlet, like as a spin class. <laughs> you know, you just go to Zumba, not to become, you know, a Zumba expert. You just do it for you. Or for, I don't know. And I just started doing it like that. And then gradually I met friends there. And it was the very slow epiphany. I still didn't think it would be a career. I just did it. Because I wanted to do it. And because I couldn't keep getting in trouble at Hooters. Yeah. <laughs> or on teens dating. Or anywhere else I went. And do you think it worked that... Because you were this kind of wholesome looking... All mm. American. Well, not all American, but you know what I mean. Because uh, you're all Canadian. But, yeah. you know, that, but, and then saying sort of unexpectedly filthy things was that was that was that what you did originally or unexpectedly you know well unexpected things no I mean I understood from a really young age that it was kind of endearing to be sweet and innocent and that's always what I wanted to be in high school or wherever I I wanted to be that really sweet girl so in stand-up just because I was nervous I suppose my first time I, I told the, th- the jokes that I had written, but I did it sweetly. And then I realized, oh, people like that. And I knew that people liked when Sarah Silverman, for example, did that. Yeah. She doesn't do that anymore. She, I think it's a nervous tick almost. She started doing it in the yeah. beginning. And now, I mean, she's mortified. She goes, look it. Look what I was doing. Like, I don't know. Did I say something? I don't know. And that, <laughs> that is kind of just a crutch. Yeah. And I did that maybe. I think we all emulate someone else's voice a little bit starting out. I don't really think I do it so much now. I hope not. No, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> every once in a while. I mean, but that is in me. That is part of my personality too, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But it gives you a license to, you know, it's, it's that unexpected thing of something, when the, your act now is something mm. quite, you know, grotesque or quite serious or, you know, will come out and people aren't necessarily expecting that, which is using people's expectations against them, I suppose. Yes. In a, in a positive way. I mean, you're very happy to talk about um, quite difficult subjects, but I think in, not in a shock value way. The, the problem with stuff like, I mean, I think you've done stuff about abortion and mm-hmm. cancer and, mm-hmm. and those, are, those are very difficult subjects to treat. A lot of people will come at those from a, just a shock angle and that's it. But your stuff is, is cleverer than that, I think. Oh, that is, I try to be, thank you. I think it's um, the mark of an amateur comic or someone starting out to do something just for shock value because yeah. it does get a reaction yeah. and then hopefully you learn your way out of it. It doesn't. I, I, didn't, I didn't learn that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's worked for me, though, just to carry on. I'm doing it. Big vaginas. <laughs> so it still, it still works for me. It's fine. Yeah. Sm- smelly vaginas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You were never an amateur comedian. Isn't <laughs> you came out of the womb just being Richard Herring. I did. It's disgusting. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but because you, you, you did, have, you had, you've had cancer. So you, I think and that, abortions. And abortions. Yeah. So you, I so, loved my abortion. <laughs> that is what the material's about. And I think that I don't recommend that you have one every day. I just think that no matter what happens, everything can be approached in the right, honest way. And I don't make light of abortion. I mean, you'd have to, I'm not going to do the material at you, but there are parts of anything, anything I think that people can relate to and that can be funny and you can disarm the like (gasps) stigma off of anything. Yeah. 
Well, I think talking about those subjects, honestly, well, there's a, we, uh, my wife went to see The Obvious Child, which is about a, a, a girl having an abortion. But, ah, but, it's, just, but it's just told in an in a honest way rather than in, you know, preachy or, you know, oh, and obviously this is bad. There's no, oh, this, this is a bad thing to do. It's a choice she makes and it's about, it's a sort of romantic comedy about someone having an abortion. Yeah. Uh, and, well, mine was uh, really, 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 really early. Yeah. At, like, the time that it doesn't count, I think. <laughs> If you're actually just pinching the penis and stopping the sperm coming out, yeah. that definitely doesn't... That def- really, doesn't really, go. really early. Just but, I had to say that, because I know somebody like, what do-? No, really, really, really... Like, cutting down a tree. Because a tree is alive, but is it... <laughs> no, I'm not sure that's... I don't know why your baby's creating a lot of carbon monoxide dioxide. <laughs> uh, so uh, <laughs> it's only going to fuck up the world, isn't it? That's it. That's what I say. Uh, let's m- we'll move on uh, to. Uh, well, I was talking about Paul McCartney, but you were saying you were quite into conspiracy theories. Speaking of abortions, because I was yeah. <laughs> very very late. Because that's an incredible conspiracy theory. But you you were quite because I think most conspiracy there must be one conspiracy theory that is true. Yeah, uh, but I haven't managed to spot which one it is. But you're quite into conspiracy theories. I am. Which what? Which ones? And you uh, you like you believe them, or you there are ones you believe. I don't know whether or not I believe all of them. I think for sure there's a line where you can cross over, and you don't want to know too much because if you go off the deep end, you're never coming back. Yeah, and you can get lost in conspiracy theories. Um, uh, well, one easy one: Joan Rivers. Yeah, dearly departed genius of a woman she died after tweeting uh, a joke at the expense of Beyonce and her family (laughs) okay but she died on Beyonce's birthday Beyonce was 33 Joan Rivers was born in 1933 Joan Rivers was 81 Beyonce was born in 1981 took a lot of planning this uh... (laughs) This murder. Most of my conspiracy theories surround Beyonce. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. There's one that um, is already on the... I mean, they're all on the internet. Yeah. And I don't want to libel anyone. I mean, I don't care. Honest. But I don't, Yeah. So... For special dispensation, we're allowed to say anything we like on it. As far, so far. Uh, so there's a book that I recommend you read. It's called... Confessions of a Video Vixen. Okay. It's by this woman, Corrine Steffens. And she, in the 90s, was the video. The one who, she is beautiful. She would appear in all these like rap videos, just dancing. And uh, she claims to have been sleeping with all these famous rappers. She names them as well. Yeah. All of these famous rappers. Um, and her, the wives would call her, ring her up to ask where they were. Sometimes like, everyone knew, and it was fine. And it is, I think, this seedy underworld of the wives in, in certain circles anyway being just okay with mistresses. Snoop Dogg's wife has said on camera, like, oh, you might get them once, but I get them all the time. Group on, groupie. I'm like, what, you win because you do his laundry? I don't get that. <laughs> um, and so Jay-Z used to be the man about town and Corrine Steffens tells a story about getting into his limousine being beckoned in and him saying if you S my D yeah can, can you say that you can <laughs> I reckon you can say okay. it okay yeah if you and then I'll put you forward in the in the music video so she would do that just for three feet of being closer to the ca- I mean it wasn't yeah I was gonna say um, <laughs> And that's what she became known for because she gave such amazing blowjobs. Her name in the industry was Superhead. Okay. And so she sucks him off, of course. And well, got- if she wants to come and sit at the front of here during the recordings, <laughs> fact, if any of if you want to do it, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> so for years and years and years. Yeah. There have been women who come out in blogs and in interviews. One wrote a rap song about it just recently that was released about being with Jay-Z. Yeah. While Beyonce was married to him, while Beyonce was pregnant during all these times. And even Beyonce in her music will say uh, uh, to these women, like, you had half of me, but you ain't even half of me. 
you know, ah, and I believe it annoys me. This is why I can't prove that Beyonce is being cheated on. I don't know anything about Beyonce's life, but she is a big celebrity. And I think it's kind of annoying as a civilian woman that this really clever, powerful, rich woman is just staying silent about something I believe. I mean, one of these mistresses, Kathy White is her name died in her home the day before she was to go to the newspapers and talk about her affair with Jay-Z. She died. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying Jay-Z killed her. <laughs> I'm saying Solange did. No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just think that you get to this upper echelon where stuff starts to happen and you don't hear about it and some dirty things happen. I think some of Bill Clinton's interns have also died mysteriously. One of them got shot in the face at a coffee shop. I mean, I don't... You just need to Google these things. Cause <laughs> but people do die. You know, that's the thing. People do. Everywhere. Everyone does die. Like I will. Yeah, but maybe. Under mysterious circumstances. <laughs> maybe now, after this gets out. Okay, but three... Because I know Beyonce listens to this. Uh, she, loves, <laughs> she loves this podcast. I just think... I don't know. Oh, and Nicole Kidman's father just recently died in Singapore where he fled after some allegations came out yeah. about an upper echelon of wealthy men doing yeah, that Yeah, that was made up, though. That one was made it, Was up. it? I think so. I think How I do you know? Because um, I read something saying it was, so I believe... <laughs> this is the thing. Because they could never fake that. I just, don't, I just don't think... I, I understand why conspiracy theories exist. Yeah. Because I think so much of what's in the media is outright lie. And so... And I think that there are people who are so rich and so powerful, such a small percentage of people who do and say and own everything, that they could get away with murder or anything else. I think that, that's definitely true. I mean, I'm sure there's, there, there, are, there are things like that. I mean, it's when it gets into, like, my Paul McCartney one. That, but he that, could. Well, he could be, I mean... But why would the others go along with having a bloke <laughs> pretending to be Paul McCartney in the back? Why, it would just, it, it doesn't make any sense from start to finish. It'd be better if Paul McCartney had died. Then they'd have sold loads more records. Again, oh no, we can't. We're making too much money. So everyone, we're going to have to buy out the police, the person he's crashed into, or the family of the person pretending to be him. Jane Asher is going to have to carry on going out with the double. It's quite, it's quite a lot of, quite a lot of and then it turns out that he was really good at writing songs because he wrote all the... Maybe he continued to write the songs yeah. as a ghostwriter. Maybe he wanted well, to... Well, he was a ghost. <laughs> no, I'm not saying he died. Maybe he was in a relationship and he yeah. wanted to break up with a woman, but she was really one of these stage five clingers and he had to fake his own death. <laughs> I've considered doing that. Yeah. You just don't know. I do. I think I do know. I think... <laughs> The other thing about Paul McCartney is he's still alive and you can look at him and stuff. <laughs> Seems, you know, yeah, Paul, that's not Paul McCartney. Yeah, it prob- probably is so. I mean, you know, out of all the things. I'm gonna, I'll ask you an emergency question. This is a new emergency... It's all new emergency questions. You're going to be very upset. Yeah, none of the old ones. Um, there might be a, a, an odd one. If you had to choose between... Um, being with, um, uh, if you had to choose between these two choices, mm-hmm. would you rather date a man who was a six foot tall penis with a face, <laughs> like Mark Reckless, or a man who instead of having a penis had a tiny man growing out there? <laughs> Did go ahead. Right, so it's either a six foot penis, and that penis could wear like a, a false suit that made him look like he was a human being. And he'd be a really big... Uh, and he'd just be bald. We'd put like, a little wig on the back to make it look like it's... Okay. Just don't look too closely at the top of his... He might wear a hat. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he would have a face on, on his hmm. penis head. But he'd be a six-foot-high penis. Hmm. Or a man who had a just... And then every time he took his turn, his trousers down, the man would go, Oh, hello, Catherine. It's me. It's me, the tiny man. Presumably the tiny man would also have a penis, but it would be a very tiny penis. <laughs> Is the man a different man, or is it another? Is it a clone <laughs> it's a of different. Himself? It's like a different person. Obviously, I'm going to have to clarify that. It's not a clone of the. It's not like a man is so vain he's had a penis removed. His penis removed and replaced with a clone version of himself. That would be insane. It's a man who's just instead he's been born like this. It's like I suppose like a sort of conjoined twin of some kind. But the man is tiny. It's like a tiny six-inch high man. Okay. Six to eight-inch high man. <laughs> On average. 
Well, you know I've already dated a six-foot penis. So I think I would choose the man with the tiny yeah. man. That'd be nice. Yeah. You get, it'd be like polygamy in a way. Yeah. I'd get two boyfriends, yeah. and as long as I got along with both of them. Yeah, I don't see the harm in that. It'd be difficult if one of them got jealous of the other. It'd be hard, it'd be hard to choose one over the other as well, wouldn't it, I suppose? That's, that's nope. the new emergency question. The audience don't seem to like it as much as uh, it may have a limited lifespan. Um, <laughs> if in the event of a zombie apocalypse, yep. what tactics would you employ uh, to survive? Oh. oh, I mean, I think I'd kill myself. Would you? But then you'd yeah. become a zombie. Oh, no. If we're, if we're going by uh, living, uh, Walking Dead rules. I really hope that doesn't happen. I've never enjoyed zombie films. No. I, re- I know some people really love them. I can't stand them. It upsets me. It is upsetting the idea of the world turning some into a zombie apocalypse. Some people think those films are really cool. Yeah. Do I don't you think like anyone some? would sort of, I don't know if anyone's watching thinking, I hope this comes true one day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'd like to be a zombie. I don't know. I, mean, I hope I'll be a zombie one day or I hope I'm a bloke who's having to run away from zombies yeah. and stab him in the head. I mean, it's, you know, you've got to stab him in the head. It's quite easy. Oh, most of them, they move quite slowly and they're quite stupid. It's just tiresome, I think, more than anything. They work fast in one film. They, they were, but that's not right. That's, that's not, that isn't what will happen when it happens. They'll be slow and stupid, and you'll be able to just get them by hitting them in the head with a shoe or whatever. Mm. It's just like, oh, God, yeah. After a while, yeah. I mean, oh, ooh, in London, you'd have no chance. I mean, they'd be on top of you. Just, it's too busy here. If I could get out, I would go somewhere... Like New Zealand. Okay. I th- yeah. And I think if when there's another world war, when. I think New Zealand is where we want to be. I think that would be the last place to go. New Zealand is my, you know, escape route yeah. for anything. Mm-hmm. It's hard to get to, though. And, you know, you have to... Well, I mean, in London... Certainly in a zombie sense. How are you going to get to New Zealand? You'll sit on a flight with the, zom- the zombies flying the planes. Well, in London, I wouldn't have chance to employ any plan. We'd yeah. just all be zombies immediately. Yeah. And you don't want to get on a plane in a zombie apocalypse. If there's one zombie on the plane, then everyone, then you, there's no escape then, is there? You've got I, to think ahead, Catherine. You've upset me. <laughs> I'll ask uh, an emer- one more emergency question. This one did feature very slightly. They're all new ones. People have, look at how upset the audience are. They're kind of, Where they went, where's my ham hand? It's not gonna, never going to be asked. Never going to like find out. One. I want to know. We're never going to find out. Um, here's a good one. Where do you get your crazy ideas from? <laughs> Um, just interested to know how you the stuff you say is so crazy how do you take what do you do to come up with stuff like that (laughs) I asked that I had one question to ask Richard Pryor shortly before he died the the Guardian the Guardian said you can ask Richard Pryor one question and he would answer it and I thought it'd be really funny because as a comedian, I thought he would get that I was joking because that's what all comedians get asked. Where do you get your crazy ideas from? Oh. Uh, don't you get asked that all the time? And then, and then he just said, from life. <laughs> and uh, from observing things in life. And I thought, oh. And then he what, chose then to he, die. Then he died. <laughs> and I'd wasted my one question <laughs> to Richard Brown. Uh, uh, okay, one more chart. Well, this is one more emergency question. It's not working. These are new emergency questions. So I'll go. Um, what? Talking of dying, what celebrity would you like to stroke your hair as you die? <laughs> if you could choose one celebrity, just to, as you're dying, they're just going, and they're going. It's all right. It's going to be all right. Is there so any celebrity creepy. you'd like? To? It is a little bit. Well, all comforting. Who would comfort you in that situation? Do you think? Um. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. These are very creepy emergency questions. Yeah. A celebrity yeah. stroke my hair while I die. Well, I don't like being stroked. <laughs> I would hate that. Yeah. You know when you're ill and somebody wants to come near you and hold your hair and I just, yeah. get away from me. Um, I wouldn't come out of my room to have my daughter. I didn't want anybody touching me then. I'm like a cat. <laughs> <laughs> I, my cat doesn't like me. My, the only thing my cat likes... Uh, both of my cats, actually, are, like, being kicked in the face. That's the only affection they will take. And you might say, how did you discover this, Rich? But my cat will attack my feet until I fight it with my... And, and then actually pin it down into a corner with my foot. 
and then it'll go, and then it purrs. Like, but if you try to stroke it with your hand, it'll just run away. But if you can kick it, we f- hit it. <laughs> Loves it. Uh, so uh, I didn't see your show in Edinburgh uh, this year because I think we may have clashed. My wife saw it and she said yeah. that uh, you have a young daughter, five-year-old daughter. Yes. And uh, you're employing her as your support act, or you yes. were in Edinburgh. I was. Yeah, she's... She's around sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes she's not around, so she doesn't do comedy with me all the time. But if it's appropriate... I mean, there's a charity gig at Union Chapel for yeah. a kid's farm. She did a little set there. I mean, she just wants to be a part of everything, so I'm certainly not a pushy stage mom no. making her do it. If anything, I think bringing her around comedy... Um, she'll grow up and do something useful. She'll be an orthopedic <laughs> surgeon or something instead. But when she's there lately, I just, I think, I don't know. There's no right or wrong, well, there's a wrong way to parent, but I think <laughs> <It's not right. laughs> I, I, when I'm, when she asks me to do things, I'm hesitant to ever say no, unless I have a really good reason. Yeah. So when she comes on tour or in Edinburgh, my show was 6.45. She was still awake. Yeah. She wanted to come. And she wanted to first do the sound check. And then she'd say, well, can I tell a joke? I'd say, well, I guess you can tell a joke. And then you leave. And she started to do that. Not every single night. But I think it gave people a kind of a, in an Edinburgh show sense, yeah. a snapshot of my life. Is this is a person who follows me around absolutely all the time, <laughs> all day, every day, without yeah. reprieve. Does she does she write her own material or is it uh, what's she does. where does she get her crazy ideas from? <laughs> from Richard Pryor. <laughs> um, from his life. No, she has one. What are two things you never eat for breakfast? Don't know. Lunch and dinner. That's kind of a groan. Yeah, no, it's good. She's five. And then she has a story that I don't know where she got it from. I, I don't want to disparage her material in case she watches this yeah. one day. But it's about shopping for milk and bread and coming home with a cat. But yeah, my dad... wife mentioned uh, this, this routine. Yeah. She said it was very good, though. I didn't like it. I, it sounded, it sounded about me from my, the, from my wife's report that my wife would have just liked it if your daughter had stayed on the whole time. Aww. Yeah, so you've worked uh, in uh, sitcoms. Uh, with both Matt LeBlanc and Matthew Crosby. Yeah. Who was the bigger idiot out of Matthew? <laughs> Matt Le- who was the bigger diva out of Matt LeBlanc and Matthew Crosby from Pappies? Mm-hmm. Uh, people don't seem aware of him so much. <laughs> Joey from Friends and Matt, Matt Crosby. <laughs> Were they well, similar at all to work with? I didn't have many interactions with Matt LeBlanc. No, I, I saw him. say Matt Crosby because he's, you know, he's... No, oh, he, he's coming up. Um, no, Matt LeBlanc, I saw him, and we were on set a little bit, but we didn't really speak. Yeah. Um, I thought maybe that he might be a lad about town. I don't know what you want to call it. Not a womanizer. You're not doing anything wrong if you haven't got a wife. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe that he would flirt with some of the girls. But no, he seemed, I don't know. I mean, I do know, but I can't really say. And then, uh, <laughs> and then Matthew Crosby is so cool. And the Pappy's boys, yeah. Tom and Ben and Matthew, I'm making a concerted effort to hang around really good men. And that's what these boys are. They're really good, good men. You know, I think it's important even for my daughter to see that and for what I mean for me. Just to, to not have sex with, but to just be in the company of... Yeah, you don't want to have sex with Ma- Matthew Crosby. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? I think it's an exercise. And then you know what a good man is, and then you can have sex with one. Yeah, not Matthew Crosby, though. I will have sex not with Matthew Crosby right now. Where is he? <laughs> no, I can't. No. But, I mean, the, no, they're funny, and they're generous, and they're cool to work with, and they're really kind, and they're like this really neat, package hmm. they work so well together that's disappointing I thought you'd slag Matthew Crosby off <laughs> <laughs> oh I, I should do this this is, this is a thing I've, I've done with a lot of guests recently there is a thing have you seen this website I was nervous about going to this website for you I have to say I thought this there's a, a website called Dirty Britcom Confessions and they do have oh. an international section so you are included uh, on this people uh, have tweeted 
it to me. Have they? Yeah. So people will go up and put their sexual fantasies about. There are some, to give you an example. Here are some new ones about me. But I think people just go now because they know I'll read them out. So they <laughs> they go and put quite amusing things about me. Uh, the the most recent one is I always assumed Rich Chang was in his fifties. But now I know he's in his 30s, I'm interested. I'm 47. Uh, I was... <laughs> the kind of weird thing, you go, I'll judge someone by how, not how old they look, but how old they are. If he was in his 50s, I would not fancy him. Oh, he's in his 30s, okay. I'll still fancy the raddled old man. Uh, uh, someone else said, I would like to put lipstick on Richard Herring while he's asleep. Okay. Uh, someone said, I want Richard Herring to eat my ass like he eats rice and beans. <laughs> With a fork? I don't know. It's not very often. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought yours would be... I genuinely thought, oh, God, I don't even want to look at the ones for Catherine Ryan because they'll be... Uh-oh. But they're actually, they weren't that, they weren't that, there aren't as many as I expected. Oh. I think... Uh, Thank you for expecting many. That was, and they aren't as appalling and, and sexist as I expected them to be. Mm. But a couple of them were quite interesting uh, lesbian fantasies. Okay. Uh, but the, the uh, one was, uh, I want to get a giant squidgy cake with ooey cream, jam and sponge and watch Red Hot Temptress, <laughs> Catherine Ryan, slowly ease her naked tight ass cheeks onto it. You'd be prepared to. I mean, that's it's probably going to spoil the cake a bit. I mean, that's it's, no offence, but once, wow. however yeah. clean your ass is, yeah. once your ass has been eased onto that cake, that cake. I'm not, I, that's not a cake. I'm not that interested in eating anyway. It's been like that. Some people, yeah, like to see things ruined. <laughs> And nothing shocks me anymore because they will tweet things right at me that they're not putting on this website. Right. One man tweeted me a photo of himself shitting on his bedroom floor. <laughs> yeah. And then... As, as an opening gambit? Or was there, was there any... Was there a tweet going, would you be interested in pictures of bedrooms at all? You know, just a... No, no, it was straighten. just that. And then it said, please retweet this and humiliate me. See, I get a lot of the ones oh, okay. who want, they think I'm a dominatrix for yeah. some reason, which I'm completely the opposite. Okay. I mean, I'm really nice, but no, they, yeah, there was that. Yeah. And other things like feet are a popular one. I right. purposely don't wear strappy sandals and things because people keep asking me to. <laughs> and I think these are not the kind of people that I need no. in my life that is, uh, that is uh, well because I, I was tweeting about um, the conservative MP's penis uh-huh. uh, as you do the other yeah. day and uh, and then someone tweeted me a picture of their own penis uh, their own erect penis you know what else though? as if that because I've been discussing someone doing that oh I'm up, yeah sure I'm up for that send oh yeah welcome to yeah. the jungle yeah. they will do that do you know what else they'll do they'll go oh uh, I saw you this video of you at Radio 1 with a link and it'll be just a six second video of Vine of them arriving onto themselves <laughs> and so they tri- and that's what annoys me they trick you to watch it because yeah. you go oh there's a video why was that and then you're like oh no that's you jerking off <laughs> but that, that feels a bit like a flasher but that, yeah but that's I mean I know you saw I just blocked that guy and he somebody tweeted me before maybe you thought we were fr- friends enough yeah now for me to see his penis but it's that's basically, you know, that's you should go to the police about people who do that. <sighs> Why? I mean, it just, yeah, maybe. What are they going to do? They don't care. <laughs> it's kind of weird that people feel that that, that Twitter is is beyond the, beyond <laughs> the realms of reality. Oh, it's fine. I'll, show, I'll send a picture of some myself wanking off to someone. Like, I've had worse. Yeah. Well, worse than what I just said. <laughs> well, I'm sorry to hear that, and I apologise on behalf of all disgusting men. <laughs> But I genuinely don't care. This is the thing with trolls and things because, I don't know if it's why, but because I endured so much bullying and abuse when I was younger, I just, like, I, I, I really young went, well, I don't really care what you think. And you get up tomorrow and you're the same person. I genuinely don't care. I want people to have a nice time and I want to make people laugh and I want, of course, I don't want anyone to waste their evening. I think it is a big deal to be invited into someone's home if you do a panel show or if you do whatever. So in a way, they're entitled to dislike you and I think it's weird that they want to tell you how much yeah. you do. But 
it, it really, truthfully does not hurt my feelings. You no. can tweet me all the hate you want. People say they're going to kill me. People say where and how they're going to kill me. People say, I really don't care. I don't care. I don't care. If you feel like you want to get some hate out in the world, perhaps it's for someone else who's not me, just send it to me. I will absorb that hate. I will do that for you. I'm a bit like Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't care. It is. I mean, it's odd, but it's because people... Uh, I mean, certainly the things that are people telling you they don't think you're funny, which obviously all comedians don't will get. Care. But it's sort of odd because it's like going, well, do you think that... You, it matters in your world what you think, but it doesn't matter to anyone else no. what the opinion of every single... It's like, oh, sorry to let you know, but I don't think you're funny. You go, okay. Yeah. There's a million people, or to 60 million people in the country, as long as, like, a thousand of them like me, it's okay. Well, it's the thing, like, <laughs> what kind of person would I be if I expected everyone to like yeah. me? I learned that really early. Yeah. And, you know, there are people in the, in the school run who talk badly about each other. These mums... A lot of them only eat on weekends. By Friday, they're ratty. <laughs> and if you're a comedian, you're kind of lucky in a way because you find out just right away what people think of you. You don't walk around like, oh, sh- I don't think Sharon likes me very much in the office. It's like, eh, ah, <laughs> um, Cool. Well, I think we might have to let me just, yes, oh, dear. It's time has flown by. I'm pretty uh, chatty. Sorry. You're very chatty. That's a, that's a, that's a good, good thing. Do you think that uh, MP should have been... Uh, Sacked for, oh, should have resigned for showing his penis to somebody he thought was asking to see his penis. They all show their penis. <laughs> there was that famous, the one in America, Anthony Weiner. Yes. <laughs> he was married and he got caught on three occasions showing his penis at Snapchat. Yeah. JFK and Clinton. I mean, I think Bill JFK Clinton, never Snapchatted his uh, penis. <laughs> I think Bill Clinton was a good president as far as American presidents go. And like, you know having affairs and doing these things. Those are some of the least offensive things he ever... I mean... Yeah. I don't know. I think one shouldn't do that, but I think it's a different ballgame to running an office or running a, you know, whatever. Well, if someone, you know, if if MPs were just sending the pictures of their penises randomly to constituents, (laughs) I think that would probably be wrong. But uh, to be honest... I'd quite like... I've, elect, I've elected these people. I would... If I want to see their penis, I think they should have to show it. <laughs> and then I can make a judgment from their penises. Yeah, I mean... It's or, like, or vaginas. Or vagina. Thank you. Or, or breasts, whatever they want to show me. I've always said that people... Increasingly, people have sex pictures now. Yeah. And I think that we should reclaim the power from these hackers and we should release our own sex pictures, do it like an ice bucket challenge. (laughs) I think that's not a bad plan. Just be like, I would like to thank Richard (laughs) and that creepy guy from work for nominating me. (laughs) Nominate someone else. I mean, it's not the end of the world. No. But it's a case-by-case basis. This MP thing just happened, so I don't know all the details. Well, you know, someone pretend... Just like he was... It's flirty fishing, isn't it? It's like the Christians used to do this. They used to send girls out to trick people into becoming Christians in a slightly different way. But it's like... If you, if you kind of tweet enough blokes and set from a picture of a pretty girl, some of them are going to go, all right, yeah. That's some lonely middle-aged man is going to go who looks like a penis already. He's a very un- unattractive yeah. man. Well, so if a beautiful woman... Is. I mean, really, you should have looked at it and gone... You should have looked at her feed and where she's going, oh, I went to see an MP at question time. What a legend. And look at the 20-year-old girl go, that is not a real person. <laughs> and you should go, that's not a real person who's trying to have sex with me. But if you, if you, you know, are overcome by midlife crisis, as I was luckily before I met my wife. Yes. Good. Uh, then, you know, that might be the kind of thing that... It's easy to do, yeah. to entrap someone, I think. It's very easy to entrap. Especially if they don't know. How old is this man? I think he's, uh, I mean, he's bald, isn't he? <laughs> God, that, see, I, see, I don't, no offence to the bald guys, but, um, you know, I see a bald guy and I think, you know, they're 60 years old. Because <laughs> they, they've got to be like, older than me, right? Because I've got loads of hair. So, that must, there's going to be a point when I'm as old as you, that, definitely as old as you, that I'm going to, but then you go, and then they go, oh, I'm 37. They go, oh, no. Because I also think that I'm 25. Yeah. That's the problem. I may have just tweeted myself. I may have done that one way myself. Anyway, look, never mind. We will, uh, we will have to, unfortunately, 
draw things to a close, but it's been lovely to talk to you. Thanks for coming on. Please give a massive round of applause to Catherine Ryan, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. You have been listening to Richard Herring's That's the Squared Theatre Podcast with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Catherine Ryan. The music was by Pest and still is by Pest. You're listening to it now. It is not in the past. Thanks to Orange Mark at the British Comedy Guide. Uh, thanks to Ian Tunes at iTunes. That's a lot of good work for us. Thanks to all the staff at the Leicester Square Theatre Podcast. That, the place it is filmed, which is the Best Square Theatre. And Chris Evans, not that one, or the other one, and all of his crazy team of Welsh misfits from Go Faster Strike. Uh, this was produced by Ben Walker. It's a fuzz, gofasterstrike.com, and Sky Potato production for the internet. I hope you enjoyed it. That was uh, show one. That was all right, wasn't it? Given I was quite ill during that. The, you know, you couldn't tell, could you, during it? I don't know if you could, because I'm recording this beforehand. Uh, if you've enjoyed this, please tell your friends about it. You can, as I say, you can watch it on video at iTunes, Richard Herring Video, Leicester Square Theatre Podcast, search for that, or search on Vimeo, or, or um, what's the other one? YouTube, you can go to. So, well, I told you I was ill. Uh, I know, that's a kind of... That's a uh, thing you put on a gravestone, isn't it? Uh, so anyway, yes, go and uh, if you want to help us uh, pay for more of these and be able to do this ever again, please go to gofasterstripe.com slash badges. Uh, give us a one-off donation or uh, a monthly donation, ideally. If you do a monthly donation, you get all kinds of brilliant extras like uh, behind-the-scenes questions. You get prizes uh, that you can enter a draw for every month. It's really good. Uh, you get advance warning of who's coming on as well, so you can buy tickets when it's going to be someone who sells out. Uh, or you can uh, come and see me on tour. I'm doing my new show, um, what's it called, Lord of the Dance Settee, uh, which is all around the country from October to May. Go to richardherring.com for details of that. I'm in Belfast on Sunday, if this is out in time. If not, I was in Belfast on Sunday. Anyway, uh, we'll be back next week with Mark Gatiss. So beat that, you can't. Thanks, bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thanks for listening. RichardHerring.com slash gigs. GoFasterStripe.com for all my books, downloads, all that sort of shizzle. Oh, yeah, I know all the cool words. And um, would love to see you on the, on the Can I Have My Ball Back tour if you can make it. Bye. <laughs>